You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio today. Andy is uh, off, taking the weekend uh, in. We've uh, got our uh, co-host here filling in, Christina Stoyanova, who does the uh, the regular app of the week, which we will, of course, uh, be talking about at the end of the show, but uh, helping me out uh, for the rest. Thanks for uh, coming in. Thanks for having me. So uh, in a little bit, uh, we'll uh, be talking about Apple Pay. We've got uh, some folks from Interact uh, coming on the line to uh, give us uh, some of the details on how that all works. Uh, basically, your uh, your wallet is now digital, and you can pay from your smartphone or smartwatch. Some other uh, interesting stuff in the news uh, this week, though, Christina, as well. Um, internet. Everyone always com- complains about uh, their uh, their internet uh, pricing. You know how much it costs to get uh, yep. internet into your uh, your home. Uh, well, the CRTC uh, struck down an appeal uh, this week. Uh, and the cabinet, uh, federal cabinet, has backed it up as well um, from Bell, who was basically mandated uh, last year to offer their fiber optic network to smaller internet service providers at uh, wholesale pricing. Right. And so essentially uh, they have to allow that. And so, you know, for consumers, could be a good thing. Uh, lower prices. Yeah, I mean, on, on the consumer side, it's definitely a positive outcome yeah uh, you know there's uh you know the big uh, incumbents obviously like the bells the rogers shaws and telus uh, of the world um but there are a lot of these smaller isps out there like the tech savvies uh don't know if you're familiar with them but yep. uh in many cases uh you know they offer a you know a bit of a break on the uh you know the internet packages that they have and so you know if if bell uh, you know, had its way, um, you know, they wouldn't have given as good a pricing to these uh, these smaller guys, so the prices would have gone up. Right, which kind of defeats the point, doesn't it? Yeah, but, uh, you know, to Bell's, uh, you know, arguments, uh, you know, they, they basically said it uh, costs a lot of money <laughs> to install all this fiber. Well, yeah, I mean, I completely understand their point of view because they're they're forking over the money to to put the fiber in and then they're forced billions of dollars yes yes it's very very expensive yeah and so then these little guys get to basically like little sucker fish <laughs> yeah feed off, feed off of that but you know you look at the big guys they've, they've had a good run though you know they've been able uh you know to build this infrastructure without huge amounts of competition so uh you know it's not is, it's is bell going to go out of business tomorrow because these little guys are competing against them not a chance but uh it's kind of an interesting argument. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am not going to lose sleep for them. <laughs> I think they're they're cleaning up regardless. But so uh, you obviously have internet access yep. uh, from one of the big guys, um, and you know we're all price conscience, conscious. Um, have you ever thought of going to like one of these smaller second tier or third tier guys? I haven't, and the reason is is because I have zero tolerance for downtime. Yeah. Um, and I'm just nervous that it's some that it's like having one of the smaller cell phone providers where like the coverage isn't as good or whatever. And maybe that's just a personal bias, but I just I'd rather stick with a big one where where I know that things are going to run. You know what you're getting. Uh, yeah. And I guess, you know, for a lot of people, they're bundled in with uh, a bunch of the other services as well. Like, uh, you know, if you're typically with Shaw. You probably have, uh, you know, their uh, internet uh, access. Uh, you know, if you're with Telus, you probably have a cell phone with them as well. Yeah, kind of thing. Well, I don't, but <laughs> yeah. 
I just get internet and that's it. <laughs> well, you know, the next story here uh, this week as well uh, from the CRTC, uh, they're going to be now reviewing uh, the new basic cable packages that uh, the big cable providers have had to offer. So uh, right. back March 1st, um, they had to basically roll out a $25 skinny uh, basic cable package uh, to their customers. Uh, you know, obviously it doesn't have all the channels. It's got some of the basic Canadian channels, maybe a few American ones. Uh, but from there, then you could kind of pick and choose what channels and packages uh, you wanted. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if you've been reading in, uh, in the news, uh, you know, there have been a lot of complaints about it. You know what? It's funny because I saw this coming a mile away. You did. That this, this whole pick and choose business was going to end up costing you more than the packages that you used to have where you would only watch like half the channels and then complain about the fact that you're paying for all these channels that you never touch. But the cherry picking, I had a suspicion was going to end up costing more. So what's happening, I, I guess, for some consumers, uh, just depending on the cable providers, sure, they've got the $25 basic package, but then by the time you add on everything else, you know, yeah. the cable box or the PVR, um, you know, the channels you want, it's not so cheap anymore. Right. But, you know, to your point as well, like when they announced that, I just thought, you know, the cable companies, they have to make money as well. They've got costs. They have to pay for the channels that they're providing to their uh, customers. So it's not like suddenly they're just going to take a 50% cut in their revenue. Of course. And, you know, when you look at some of these channels, um, I know so many people that, you know, are thinking, yeah, I get to pick my individual channels now. You know, they'll be like a dollar or two dollars a channel. No, no, they no, won't. of you know, course not. If you look at the popular ones, like we even see that now with the sports channel. Uh, you know, you can get uh, one of the sports channels uh, um, through an app on your phone or tablet. What is it? Twenty five bucks a month. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty steep. Yeah. But, you know, for people that are into sports, you know, into that type of content, they will pay it. Yeah. So, you know, I think in the next couple of years, yes, you'll be able to pick your channels. Uh, the more popular ones will be costly. You know, they'll be anywhere from five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a month, depending. Yeah, that's pretty steep. And so then I think everyone will be looking back. Wow, my cable package that was a pretty good deal <laughs> back in back. Either in the day. that or they're all cutting the cord as we speak. Yeah, you cut the cord. I cut the cord a long time ago. So um, I'm not going to give away your age. <laughs> You're thirty-ish, somewhere in there, give <laughs> right. or take yeah. ten years. <laughs> just to be safe, um, you cut the cord. So you essentially ditched your cable TV. And I, you like you like watching shows. I do like watching shows. And the one thing that was difficult for me, but I've managed to get used to it, is that I usually have something running in the background while I'm getting ready in the morning. And before that used to be like the news or whatever. And so now I've had to figure out how to do that with Netflix. Or so you, know, I, you could listen to CKW radio. I could, yes. Yes. <laughs> But no, you use Netflix instead. So you you got rid of your cable. You're just on Netflix now. Uh, yes, and I'm doing Crave right now as well. Which is Bell's uh, yes. streaming offer. Yeah. And so why did you go with Crave? I just looked at some of the shows, and I, I liked a lot of the HBO shows and wanted to um, to get those, and so it made sense for me. Do you miss having the cable? No. Honestly, I've never looked back. The adjustment was not being able to get something like the morning news or whatever. Yeah. But the reality is, is I consume most of that content online anyways. 
and I can consume it a lot faster by reading it than watching it on TV. And so it wasn't that big. Of so a you have deal. no problem paying for the subscription services like the Netflix or Show Me's or, or Craves? Nope. Yeah. No. Um, so now you've got two subscription services. Yep. So you're up about 20 bucks a month. Yeah, would you, but would that's. You, would you nef- get more? Uh, do, do those two services have everything you need? Yeah, I mean, they're updating them all the time. And so that that makes a difference, right? I was running low on the Netflix content. And so then I went to Crave and spent a bit of time with that. And now Netflix, of course, is cycling in new content. And so now I can go back and forth. What's what's your uh, breaking point as far as the monthly dollar amount for subscriptions? So you're at 20 bucks now. I think it just... It has more to do with the value. The problem I was having with cable is that my schedule's a bit all over the place. And I was never able to be there to watch the things I wanted to anyways. And then the whole PVR thing, sometimes you forget to do it. And then you're frustrated because you missed something, etc. So I just, for me, it's a better value that I get to control everything that I watch and when I watch it and whatever. So I don't think it's about the money as much as it is how like how am I feeling in terms of getting the value out of it interesting we're gonna have to take a break uh when we come back we'll be talking with the folks over at Interact uh, about Apple Pay Apple Pay is launched in Canada finally well it did launch a little while back but just for American Express card holders which isn't a huge percentage of the population but now uh the big banks uh, are on board so uh we'll get some of the details uh on that and how it all works Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Christina Stoyanova in for Andy today. We will be going open line later on the show, taking your tech calls and questions. Also uh, get app of the week. Apple Pay has finally more fully launched uh, in Canada this week. It's available uh, with uh, a few of the uh, the big banks, CIBC, RBC, a couple of the big ones. I think Canadian Tire, uh, their credit card uh, as well. Is available on the line right now. Uh, we've uh, got uh, Avanash Chidambaram. I'm I'm so I'm so bad. <laughs> Sorry about that, Avanash. That's all right. Uh, Avanash, uh, Vice President of Product and Platform Development over at Interact. Thanks uh, for joining us today. Thanks for having me back. So uh, Apple Pay, uh, kind of an exciting payment technology. I don't know if everyone's fully aware of how that all works, but Kind of similar, uh, in essence, to kind of the uh, uh, the tap uh, you can do with uh, a lot of the uh, credit cards and uh, debit cards uh, now. And uh, you're kind of one of the leading uh, payment technology companies out there in Canada. And this fully works now uh, with your platform. That's correct. It works on all uh, roughly 28 million debit card holders um, today can put a card onto their Apple devices as their banks start to launch into the market. How, how difficult was this to integrate with uh, your system in the banks? Well, for us, it was really important that we built out the technology to support um, our uh, systems here in Canada. So we have extremely low fraud because we have extremely high security. You know, we, we wanted to make sure that the technology that we're, was, that's being delivered into the Canadian market isn't just a copy of the U.S. market where, unfortunately, they haven't converted to things like chip and pin technology and they haven't converted to the the standards of encryption that we have here in Canada. And so we built those capabilities out, worked closely with Apple Pay and Apple to implement those in their systems so that when the banks integrated, they would be able to 
support Apple Pay with Interact in, with the same security framework that has resulted really in very, very little fraud in Canada. It is different than uh, the U.S. I mean, obviously the U.S. got Apple Pay first, but like you were saying, uh, our our system is much more robust and secure up here in Canada. That's right. So every time you add a card to an Apple Pay device, we're not just sort of copying a, 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 a sample of that card. What we're actually doing is creating a new version of that card that has unique uh, number associated with it that's bound just to that phone. And every time you do a transaction, we actually encrypt all that information, and then we cryptographically verify it. And so we wanted to make sure we had all of those security paradigms in place, which are not necessarily how they do things in the U.S., where they're still moving from your traditional MagStripe to your chip technology. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I, was, I was pretty excited. I'm a CIBC customer, and I've got an Apple iPhone 6S and an Apple Watch. So uh, I was you know, excited to get this going on, on my phone and, and watch. And it was, like, amazingly simple. I mean, just going into the, uh, the Apple Wallet uh, uh, app on, on the iPhone, it, it was so easy to add the card. You basically just uh, take a picture of them, and it just, you know, automatically uh, uh, puts it into the phone. Yeah, I mean, taking a picture, and then in the case of an Interact card, you usually also send sent a one-time passcode. Yeah. And what that allows um, CIBC to do is to ensure that you are, in fact, the owner of that card and of that device, and then we can have some comfort in adding the card onto that device. I have to tell you one thing, Avinash, though. Um, it, it was kind of funny using it this week because most of the merchants I, I went to, I don't know if they fully understood uh, that <laughs> Apple Pay was you know, a thing going now. It, it was like I was using magic. You know, I went through yeah. the I went through the McDonald's drive through, uh, and the poor woman just didn't fully understand that I was, you know, wanting to use my watch with the uh, with the terminal. She kept asking me for my card, and I'm saying, "No, I'm I'm going to use my watch," and she wouldn't give me the terminal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the end, it uh, it all worked, and it was it was so easy. It was amazing. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you had that experience, and I think you're right. I think people are going to start using it more and more. And merchants will start to feel more comfortable about it. Um, and, you know, you're not the first one to have that kind of experience. I, I mean, I was buying groceries with it, and I had the store manager get called out <laughs> so that I can get verified. And I was like, I built it. I'm pretty sure I know how it works. It's not magic. <laughs> um, thoughts on why it, it took so long to come to Canada? You know, we, we have better systems up here, better security. Uh, but it, it has taken a while compared to the U.S. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's a there's an element of uh, what are the negotiations that need to happen between Apple Pay and the banks. You know, really, from our perspective, we worked as hard as we could to build out our technology. Um, we're pretty proud of the fact that we kind of did it in 14 months when, really, if you look at how Apple Pay was rolled out in the States, they, they worked on it for three to four years with the schemes that launched in the States. And so... Uh, you know, we did our part to deliver the technology when they were ready for it. And then after that, you know, they, Apple has to have their relationship with uh, the banks that are going on their platforms. And so together, those things took the time that they took. So what are some of the limits? Uh, is it similar to a debit card, like a $100 limit? Yeah, most of the security features that are, that are part of the card also apply to the, the phone, um, which means that, you know, your financial institution is tracking to make sure that uh, you are the owner of that card. When you do a transaction, it's up to $100 today. Um, you can do multiple of transactions under $100 up to the limit that your bank allows for, for dollars. 
and banks are using their fraud protection services that, uh, in conjunction with us to make sure that there's nothing nefarious happening in those kinds of transactions. And then even further to that, you know, if you lose your phone, you can actually go right onto your your iPhone and say, I've lost my phone, and we automatically will, will suspend those accounts. So we've, we've sort of built in all the security features that are related to it, but from a transaction standpoint, it should work just like your card. More secure than actually having the card itself. Well, we believe so. You should be able to find your phone if you happen to lose it, which is very difficult to do with your card. Yeah. <laughs> but really, if you think about it, you know, my phone is, is like if I haven't got my phone in my hand, 10 seconds later it starts to itch. Yeah. But, it, you know, I have no idea where my wallet is even now. So we really feel that people are really quite confident about where their phones are at any given time. And so I think you're right that, uh, you know, if, they're, if they lose their phones or they can't find them, um, they're much more likely to, to notice than if you lost your wallet. Avinash, where can people find out more information about this? At interact.ca slash Apple Pay. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. That was Avinash Chidambaram. He is the Vice President of Product and Platform Development over at Interact, talking about the new Apple Pay. Going to open up the phone lines, taking any of your tech calls and questions, and hey, we'd like to hear uh, from folks who've used Apple Pay or what they think of it as well. 604-280-9898, and anywhere in Canada, 1-877-399-9898. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo in studio. I've got Christina Stoyanova filling in for Andy this week. He's... Uh, off to the Sunshine Coast for a wedding. Exciting nice times. So we're uh, opening up the phone lines. We're going to take any of your tech calls and questions. Uh, I'll be your on-air tech support. Uh, if you need buying advice, we can help with that. We were uh, talking about Apple Pay uh, as well before the last break. So if you have any questions about that, we can uh, help answer. 604-280-9898. if you're phoning long distance uh you are with uh td bank so that's going to be coming yep. in a few weeks are you going to jump on board with apple pay yeah i think so i've been struggling with my card lately because it doesn't like to tap anymore and i'm really user, user error no it's do not know, do you know how to tap things how do you screw up tapping i don't know i don't know uh it, it's you know we, we talked uh with avanash uh there uh, from interact or interact uh, before the break. Uh, you know, it has taken a while to get up here to Canada, but I think the big thing was probably the negotiation on on the rate. Uh, yeah. I know down in the U.S., uh, you know, the first banks on board there back last year, they're basically paying, I think, 15 cents per transaction, like every $100 of transaction. Yes. Which, it's not a lot, but... It doesn't seem like a lot, but it adds up. It adds up, up, yeah. So uh, I can see why Apple is anxious to (laughs) to roll this technology out. Um, But the banks up here, from what I've heard, negotiated a better rate. Yes, four cents. Four cents. Isn't that crazy? Wow. How did they manage? Well, they obviously got all together (laughs) and worked out a deal. Yeah, well, apparently the iPhone penetration here in Canada is much higher, right? So, yeah, I thirty eight percent, forty four. I read forty four. Yeah, you're even more up on it than uh, I am. That's that's huge. Uh, you know, it, it is different. The banking uh, is different up here than down in the U.S. Up here, we've got pretty well like the six big banks. I know there's like credit unions and what yeah. have you, but uh, down in the states, there's hundreds and hundreds of banks. It's it's very regional and all over the place. 
Yeah, and they're they're behind with some of the authentication and things like that. Yeah, they never really got into the whole chip and, and pin thing either. I'm always just so thrown off when I shop down in the States that they make me sign things. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I read something about that. You know, why wouldn't all these banks want to have chip and pin, you know, for their credit cards? And I read that because there's almost too much competition down there, um, for a lot of people, doing the chip and pin was kind of a pain in the butt. It added an extra step for using your credit card. And so but people would signing rather... signing is just as bad. And I, no. I don't know. They make you sign on those little those little digital screens. screens. Yeah. And I don't really know how you compare that signature effectively. Because obviously your penmanship is going to really stink on one of those. <laughs> and so really... Will that hold up in court? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just... I'm, is that effective? As authentication? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We're going to go to the phone lines here, 604-280-9898. We're going to start with Don. Hey, Don. Yeah, hello. Hi. Yes, I'd like to ask you a question. I got my grandkid a um, Hewitt-Packard um, tablet yep. that's been rooted, and I was wondering if I should unroot it or not. It's what, sorry? It's been rooted. Oh, rooted, yes, yeah. And I was just wondering if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, is that one of those HP touchpads? Yes, it is. Yeah, I have one of those and uh, rooted as well. So uh, what essentially that means is uh, HP came out with uh, a tablet back, uh, I think it was a couple years now uh, ago. And uh, within a month, uh, they basically killed that entire tablet line. <laughs> uh, it was running its own operating system, uh, the uh, uh, the old Palm uh, operating system, Uh and they, they called that web OS. So unfortunately, once they killed it, and then they eventually killed web OS, uh, you couldn't really get any apps or anything for it. But some enterprising uh, hackers online, uh, they came up with a way to basically hack the touchpad so that you could load Android onto it. So if you do Google HP touchpad Android, uh, there's a bunch of websites that show you some you know pretty you know clear instructions on how to do that and load Android onto the touchpad so that you can then take advantage of the millions of Android apps out there. Kind of exciting. When they did eventually kill the uh, the touchpad, I think they they were selling for like four, five, six hundred dollars $600. When they killed it, there was a fire sale. You could pick these things up for like $99, and that's what I did. I picked one up because I'm a geek, and I wanted one of these. Because you don't have enough devices at Because home. I do not have enough tablets <laughs> and devices in, in my home. So uh, I rooted mine because it, it came to a point where uh, there were no more apps available for that operating system. Right. And so now it's, it's, it's an Android tablet. But, you know, that being said, um, nowadays the Android tablets have come down so far in price and they're probably a little faster than that old HP touchpad. So you can pick up a, an Android tablet for like 100 bucks now to 200 bucks, like a, a pretty decent one. Yep, yep. You use uh, an iPad, though. I use an iPad because everything is Apple in my house. They've trapped me. They've trapped you into their ecosystem? They've trapped me. It's just too hard to go back now. We're going to have to uh, take a break. I'll give the phone numbers one more time. We're open line here on Get Connected, taking your tech calls, 604-280-9898, 1-877-399-9898. When we come back, more of your calls. Ken, hang on the line. You're back with Get Connected. It's me, Mike Agarbo, here with Christina Stoyanova, filling in for Andy this week. 
in a little while, we'll be getting App of the Week from Christina. So looking forward to that. We are taking some of your calls right now, 604-280-9898. Jumping to Ken. Hey, Ken. Hey, how are you? Good. What can we do for you? Uh, two questions, actually. Uh, first thing is uh, I'm here all this talk about the uh, Apple Pay system. Yeah. How about for us Android users, the Google Wallet? Great question. I'm I'm not totally up on where they're at in Canada right now, but uh, Google has a couple things going. They've got the Google Wallet, and I know that works down in the U.S. and allows you, you know, once you've set up an account, to send and receive money uh, from bank accounts. Uh, I don't know if that's really working up here in Canada yet, from uh, my understanding. They also have uh, Android Pay, which kind of more competes against Apple Pay. It's more of that... Uh, uh, payment mechanism you can use at uh, the merchant terminals, you know, in restaurants and, and grocery stores and, uh, and and what have you. So uh, I, I know that uh, they're obviously uh, working uh, to get, uh, you know, those services uh, updated to, to work in Canada, but uh, I haven't heard uh, much news about uh, that yet. Have you heard anything, Christina? Uh, no, I don't think we're we're there yet in Canada with with Android Pay. Well, it looks like uh, Apple's uh, the first one to the, the game with kind of more of a universal uh, payment system. I know some of the banks uh, have uh, payment systems. For example, Royal Bank, they've got a, a, an RBC wallet uh, where you can keep your, your cards. Uh, Rogers had a, a SureTap uh, app, uh, which allowed you to pay uh, electronically with your phone uh, as well. We're going to see a lot of these type of uh, uh, digital wallets coming up over the next uh, couple of years. I, I guess the thing for me is just, Make it simple so people uh, uh, can uh, use it uh, easily. So far, uh, I've been using uh, Apple Pay this week, and uh, it uh, it works pretty flawlessly, you know, from my, my experience. I've been able to use the drive-thrus, <laughs> no problem. I can't wait till it comes to my bank. Going to jump here to Jan. Hey, Jan. Uh, hi. My question is, uh, what's the difference between a Roku box and an Android box? What's the difference between Google and Android? No, Roku, Roku box. Rock, oh, oh Roku. the Roku box. Uh, great uh, question. Uh, so we're talking about streaming boxes. Yep. And there's a number of them out there. Uh, Roku's, I think, one of the leaders in streaming boxes right now. These are devices that you can hook up to your television, your big screen TV, or any TV for that matter, with uh, an HDMI cable, and have access to all sorts of different internet channels. Yep. So everything from... Uh, Netflix uh, to YouTube, Vivo, the music channel. There's literally hundreds and hundreds. And so Apple, they've got their Apple TV. Uh, there's also um, you know Android boxes now, Google TV. Kind of all essentially the same thing. Uh, you know they have the remote control. It, it's basically allowing you to hook up to the internet channels. Right. And you know in the market right now, I think uh, Roku probably number one. Apple TV's up there uh, as well, and Google. Uh, for the past several years has, you know, come out with different incarnations of kind of yep. a Google TV platform, but they haven't really hit yet. Yeah. So the major, one of the major differences between these is like Apple TV and Roku typically have their own dedicated remote controls. Yeah. Whereas with a Google Chrome, um, you're using your phone or your tablet, your whatever Android device to control. Yeah, that's right. The I forgot about those, the, the little Google Chrome sticks. Yeah, you can hook yeah. up to your TV and uh, basically use your phone to send, uh, you know, the picture or or video to the TV. Yeah, but you're also literally controlling it from your phone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They also have um, 
uh, boxes now, like Android boxes, kind of like a Roku box that can stand alone without a phone. So I haven't seen anything uh, that has really become hugely popular yet on the Android or Google side. Uh, I, I think we'll probably see that in the next year or two, but uh, right now the, the big guys would be uh, Roku, Apple TV, and those Chrome sticks as well that work with your phone. Yeah, I really like the Roku system, actually. Do you? Yeah. yeah. You have an Apple TV, though. I right? have an Apple TV, again, yeah. because they've trapped me in their, in their world. But I do really like Roku, and I like the things that they're doing. Um, and every, every iteration gets better and better. And the remote controls get better. I hate, I'm sorry, but I hate the Apple TV remote control. Why? It upsets me. First of all, it's so tiny that I lose that thing at least once a day. Like, it's <laughs> little. It gets caught in the cushions and then you'll never find it again. Yeah. Um, but also, I just, I find navigating with it is frustrating. They've made it too simple almost. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Roku remote, first of all, it's a normal size, so you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Harder it's a, to lose. Yeah. And the the other thing is on some of the systems, it has a headphone jack. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, that's kind of cool because then you can just plug in your headphones and listen to whatever show you want without disturbing anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Kind of cool. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, it's App of the Week. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by our friends at London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo in studio with Christina Stoyanova. It's that time of the show. It's App of the Week where we, uh, well, not we, Christina picks an app and <laughs> we make fun of her. <laughs> yes, you do do that well. What do we got this week? Um, this week we have an oldie but a goodie that's gotten a new functionality. Okay. Um, Please don't be Evernote. It's not Evernote. Okay. Why do you hate on Evernote? What everyone, is wrong you know, with you? Anyone, uh, you know, I ask anyone what their favorite apps are. Everyone just picks Evernote, and I know most of them don't even use it. I have Evernote. I will admit Do I it? don't use it no, that much. right? Okay. <laughs> it's a great app, but, you know, let's, let's see what you got. Anyway, uh, WhatsApp got a desktop app this week. WhatsApp, yeah. So that's uh, a popular messaging app used by hundreds of millions of people around the world. Probably not as popular in North America as it is over in like India and Asia and in Europe. Yeah, but WhatsApp is fantastic. So what's fantastic about it? So WhatsApp uses your uh, your Wi-Fi. It can use a Wi-Fi connection instead yep. of your um, like your SMS. Yeah, cellular. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you can communicate cross-platform more easily. So for for Apple users, you can use iMessage to and Wi-Fi to message without using your cellular network. Yeah, with uh, Apple users. Exactly. Yeah. With other Apple users. But if you're trying to communicate with Android users, it kind of falls apart, right? Yeah, it's true because uh, my whole family is iPhone. Occasionally, one of my sons, uh, I'll just call him the outcast one, drifts <laughs> over to Android and then just messes everything up. Yeah. So then we all have to use WhatsApp to message him. Yeah, but uh, what WhatsApp's done is they've created a desktop app. So I love iMessage because when I'm on my laptop, I can iMessage with people right from my laptop without having to go back and forth to my phone. Yeah, it's awesome because we sit um, right next to each other at, at work <laughs> and I don't even have to talk to you. I can just go on my laptop and message you. 
which benefits us all. It does, actually. <laughs> Anyways, um, but you couldn't do this with WhatsApp. So when I was communicating with Android users, then I'd have to go to my phone. So that's not exciting for me. So now with this WhatsApp desktop app, I can do it all for my desktop, which is super exciting. And so this works with Windows and Mac? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. It's really cool, actually. I have a friend who's been traveling for like a year and a half. And because she doesn't have, in a lot of places, she doesn't have a cellular connection, it's hard to communicate with her. So WhatsApp seems to be the best way to do that. Um, but then when we get to chatting, then I get stuck on my phone and can't be super productive. So this will make that much easier. Very cool. WhatsApp now available on the desktop. Yeah, exciting times. And free. And free. Gotta love that. I have an app this week. You do? I do, yes. Uh, it's from the Red Cross. It's their uh, Ready app. And this is kind of cool. So, you know, we've heard a lot about uh, some of the uh, disasters and s stuff going yeah. on, the fires in Fort McMurray. Uh, this is a great app uh, to be prepared. So it uh, is free, and it uh, covers all the different types of things that could happen, everything from an earthquake to forest fire, floods, house fires, tornadoes, uh, flu season. And essentially F it... Uh, sorry, flu season? Flu season, yeah. That's could be bad. It's hardly a disaster. Well, maybe I'm using strong words. Okay. Just things that could happen <laughs> that aren't good. Right. Uh, but essentially, uh, once you have this app on, it's got all the information right at your fingertips. So it will give you uh, advice on how to you know, prevent some of these things and how to be prepared for them in case they happen. And also, if they do happen, you can go in there and get uh, you know, some really solid advice on, on what to do as well. They've got uh, tests and quizzes in here. And they even have an alert system. You can actually put uh, you know, some key people into the app. And uh, if you are involved in some type of disaster, let's say an earthquake, and you're okay, it can send out a message to all those people, notify them that uh, you're, you're fine. Yes, but the key here is to go in there before it happens, which I am terrible at. I have no disaster preparedness. I know. Anything I, I, I went in into my the, home. I went into the earthquake one. And remember when we had that earthquake a little while ago? Oh, my God. I, I did Was all the that even things. an earthquake? Well, it, oh, sure. Anyway, I ran like a little baby out of the house. <laughs> I left my family behind. I didn't and even I, notice. Apparently, that's not the right thing to do. So get the Red Cross ready up. It's free. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank Christina Stoyanova for joining me in studio today and the rest of the Get Connected team back at the office. Mike and Christina logging off. We'll see you again next time.